Then on page 124 of his book Asai Musa, Babu writes the following, Just consider if opposition to the Imam is so dangerous even to the one whom the merciful and benevolent is kind enough to bless with such revelations, then why should he be the recipient of such revelations at all? But if the all-powerful Lord of all the lords, the helper of the helpless and guide to those who have lost the way, is bent upon damaging and destroying this poor, innocent, and helpless recipient by means of revelation, then surely to Allah we belong, and to him shall we return. My response? It is clear that Babu Lahi Baksh perished on account of his frivolous revelations, but it is wrong to say that it was the will of God Almighty to annihilate him through his own revelations. God Almighty does not desire to annihilate anybody. It is the people who destroy themselves by their own insolence and rebellion. Can rational thinking accept that a divine appointee should appear at the turn of the century, invite people to the right path, and God should speak and communicate with him, showing thousands of signs in his support, while one person refuses to accept him and claims that I myself am the recipient of revelation, but is unable to produce any clear evidence to the effect that his revelations are indeed from God and yet fails to desist from denying and using abusive language? Thus, if such a person perishes, he perishes on account of his own insolence, because he turned away without any proof from that which was clearly proven. Since no evidence was available to the Babu, Neither the act of God nor any other strong supporting proof that this claimed revelation was from God, yet to audaciously confront a claimant whose authenticity as a recipient of divine revelation was testified to by works of God comprising not merely one or two but thousands of highly credible testimonies, was such behavior based on integrity and righteousness? Babu died of the plague because of his cunning and insolence whereas the elect of God never die of the plague, and given that there are satanic inspirations and promptings of the ego, how can any words be said to have emanated from God unless and until they are accompanied by a strong testimony of the works of God? There is the word of God on the one hand, and on the other there is the work of God. Unless the word of God is attested by the work of God, such a revelation would be described as satanic, Furthermore, attestation means such heavenly signs that are far beyond the normal human experiences. Otherwise, you cannot give the name, sign, to an occasional true dream or revelation because this is an inherent capacity granted by God as a kind of seed to all creatures. A sign, on the other hand, comprises the profuse number of signs which pour like rain and acquire the stature of uniqueness so as to testify with final and absolute certainty that it is indeed the word of God and not of man. There is no greater foolishness than to claim that a person is from God on account of his experiencing a few ordinary dreams and revelations which are experienced by people all over the world. You cannot blame God for letting a person experience the revelation. Rather, the blame lies upon the fool who mistakenly took the promptings of the ego to be revelation. Look at the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. When the angel Gabriel appeared, he did not immediately believe that this was from God. Rather, he was somewhat fearful when he approached Hazrat Khadija and said, meaning that, I have become greatly fearful for myself, lest it be a satanic connivance. But those 
who are desirous of becoming the elect of God, without the prior cleansing of the self, quickly fall into Satan's trap. Therefore, one ought to reflect that if Babu's alleged revelations were not satanic, why did the mighty acts of God not testify to their truth? What a pity that he himself died, but placed a stamp of humiliation and shame on the faces of his companions. Similarly, thousands have perished prior to Babu on account of such revelations. How sad! Worldly people take the care to test gold, lest it be discovered counterfeit. But they do not care to evaluate their own revelations, whether they be from God or Satan. Then why is God to blame? Anyone who takes pride in mere words without the supporting testimony of the work of God is bound to suffer this ignominy sooner or later. He will suffer not only death in the lifetime of the opposite party after engaging in a mobahila, but also the ignominy of the plague. A true hadith states, meaning that the plague is Satan's whip. Thus the plague also proves that the Bahu was under the influence of the descent of Satan's. Then Babu Lahibaksh, on page 4 of his book, had published our mutual correspondence, a perusal of which would inform the readers that I had asked Babu to publish the aspersions he had cast upon me, of which he has come to know through revelation that this person is a liar and spendthrift, that his claim to be the recipient of revelation is a lie, that he has exceeded the limit. This will finally settle the issue. For God says in the Holy Quran, in Surah An-Nam, chapter 6, verse 22, meaning that, Who is more unjust than he who imputes lies to God or denies the word of God? In answer to this, Babu on page 4 of his book promised to publish such revelations. Again on page 7 of the same book, my last answer is published and it runs as follows. I shall seek the solution only from God so that he arbitrates between those who call me a spendthrift and a liar and those who testify that I am the Messiah. Then on page 9 of the book, Babu writes that he shall publish all the revelations, including notes and commentary, for the benefit of the general public. Thus, from page 19 to the end of the book, he has published all his revelations, holding back some as pertain to my punishment. In any case, in some of those that have been published in the book, he calls me a liar. In some, he designates me an imposter, while in some others, a Dajjal, an accursed one, a swindler, an unjust one, and a disbeliever. In the same vein, his revelations confer a number of names upon me, but God has settled the matter on the basis of his use of a single word, liar, which means that I have excessively lied in the name of God and ascribed my lies to him. The people who will read pages 4 and 7 of the book Asai Musa will realize that I had sought Allah's verdict on this accusation leveled against me by Babu. Allah's curse is upon the one who lies. In addition, God himself promises in the Holy Quran that anyone who lies in his name shall never escape punishment nor shall one who denigrates the word of God ever be saved from punishment. From all of this, it is clear that Babu Lahi Baksh's death by the plague on April 6, 1907, was in fact the verdict of God, which was finally delivered by his court. One may accept it or not, but in accordance with the Hadith, I declare war on anyone who is the enemy of my friend. 
Babu has seen for himself the end of the battle. Now his friends claim he has attained martyrdom. Nevertheless, it is my prayer that all mischief mongers and enemies of truth may be martyred in the same way. Amin, again, Amin. Second part, comprising a statement of the revelations concerning Babu Lahibaksh, the accountant, that God Almighty revealed to me. When Babu Lahibaksh compiled his book Asai Musa, the sole intent of the compilation was to denounce me as Pharaoh and to claim his very self as Musa, Moses. He repeatedly wrote, I received the revelation from God that this man, meaning me, is a chronic liar, the Jal, deceiver, and an imposter. It was then that, after reading his book, I wrote the following lines as a footnote in the booklet Arbain. Number four. It contains a prophecy and a prayer, which is as follows. How sad that he, i.e. Bible has not at all feared the woeful warning contained in the verse. Woe to every backbiter, slanderer. Surah Al-Hamza, chapter 104, verse 2 of the Holy Quran. Nor has he paid any heed to the verse. Follow not that which you have no knowledge. Surah Bani Israel, chapter 17, verse 37 of the Holy Quran. He repeatedly writes about me. He has assured me that on account of my false accusations, he will not sue me in a human court of law. Asain responds that not only shall I not sue you in any human court of law, but I also do not wish to sue you in the court of the divine. However, since you have leveled categorically false and shameful charges against me, and despite my innocence caused me deep pain, I certainly do not believe that the Almighty God will cause me to die before exonerating me from all these false charges and proving you to be a liar. Beware! Verily, the curse of Allah is upon the liars. It was about this that I received the following definite and categorical revelation on Thursday, December 11, 1900. Footnote start. The date, December 11th, is a scribe's error. Other citations of this revelation are recorded for December 13th, which was a Thursday. Footnote end. Your pain-filled supplications have reached heaven, and be not surprised if I should give you hopeful news. After eleven, if God Almighty so wills. In any case, during this period, a sign will appear from my exoneration that will cause great humiliation to you. Do not ridicule the word of God. Mountains move, rivers can dry up, seasons change, but the word of God does not change until it is completely fulfilled. Similarly, the following revelation about Babu Lahibaksh is recorded on page 19 of my book Arbain, number 4. Meaning that, Babu Lahibaksh wishes to see your menstruation or come to know of some other filth or defilement, but God, on the other hand, will shower his bounties upon you, which shall be perpetual. You do not have menstruation, but you do have a child, a child who is at the status of the children of God. In other words, menstruation is something impure, but a child's body grows out of it. Similarly, when man surrenders to God, then all the filth and defilement, which is part and parcel of human nature, is transformed into a spiritual body. This menstruation becomes the cause of human progress. Basis for the saying of the mystics, had there been no sin, human beings could have made no spiritual progress. The same was the cause of Adam's progress. 
This is why every prophet, keeping in view the hidden shortcomings, kept invoking istighfar, seeking forgiveness, and the same fear has always been the cause of all kinds of progress. God says, Allah loves those who turn to Him and loves those who keep themselves clean. Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 223 of the Holy Quran. Thus, every son of man inherently contains the impurity of menstruation with him, but that very menstruation prepares the body of a pure and clean child for the one who is sincerely turns to God. This is why those who lose themselves in God are called the children of God. However, this does not mean that they are literally God's sons. It would be sheer blasphemy to say so, for God is holy and has no sons. But they have been called children of God only as a figure of speech since, like an innocent child, they keep on remembering God with utmost zeal. Indicating the same spiritual station, the Holy Quran says, Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 201, meaning that, Remember God with such love and heartfelt compassion as a child remembers its father. This is why God has been addressed as Ab or Bita, meaning father, in the scriptures of every people. Figuratively speaking, God has a resemblance to a mother also, and just as a mother rears her child in the womb, so are the beloveds of God nourished in the lap of God's love. They are granted a holy body out of a filthy origin. This is why the Aliyah, friends of Allah, are called children of God by the mystics. It is only a figure of speech. Otherwise, God has no children, and God is, he begets not, nor is he begotten. Surah Al-Ikhlas, chapter 112, verse 4 of the Holy Quran. And in the above-mentioned revelations, the sentence means that we will put out the fire of mischief publicly, lit by Babu Ilahi Baksh with his book. The death of Babu Ilahi Baksh has fulfilled all these prophecies. Allah be praised for this. The second prophecy regarding the death of Babu Ilahi Baksh is the one that, having been conveyed by Allah the Exalted on March 15, 1907, has been published in Badr and in Al-Hakam, and it is as follows. There is a Musa whom I shall make manifest and upon whom I shall bestow honor in the eyes of people. But he who has sinned against me I shall drag him and shall show him hell. My signs shall be manifested. My enemy has been ruined, i.e. will be ruined. He is now accountable to God. Here God named me Musa in the same way he had called me Musa in many places in Brahina Ahmadiyya some 26 years ago. In short, the revelation says that in the present age there is only one Musa and not two. Anyone who claims to be the second Musa is a liar. Then he said that the time has now come that I should make the Musa who has been raised by me manifest and grant him honor in the eyes of the people, but I shall drag him who has sinned against me, namely he who parades as Musa under false pretenses. In other words, I shall humiliate him and cause him to die an ignominious death. I shall make him behold hell. In other words, he will contract the plague and die. This prophecy with all its details emanated from God Almighty because at the time, Babu Ilahi Baksh was the lone contender who claimed to be Musa in opposition to me and whom God caused to die of the plague. Prior to his illness and death, this revelation of God was widely published among thousands through Badr and al-Hakam. In the end, it happened exactly as it had been announced. 
Bear in mind that in all my prophecy by hell is meant the plague. It was a great prophecy which had announced beforehand that Babu Lahibaksh would die of the plague. By way of example, I would like to mention that in the context of all the revelation received by me, hell stands for the plague and a long time ago I received the revelation which has since been published along with its explanation in Badr and Al-Hakam, which is as follows. The literal meaning of the Arabic sentence is, a time will come upon hell when no one will be left in it. This was interpreted to mean that a time will come when not even a single person shall be left in this country who would be suffering from the plague. By and large, God will deliver the people from this affliction. There is yet another revelation according to which by fire is meant the plague. This revelation also was published a long time ago. It is as follows, Do not threaten us with fire, for fire is my servant, and indeed the servant of my servants. Meaning that not only will I remain safe from the plague, but also those whose love for me is genuine and perfect. Finally, a fair-minded person ought to closely consider two points in the context of Babu Lahi Baksh's case. The first point worth considering is that when Babu Lahi Baksh turned away from me and began telling his friends his revelations against me in denial of my truth, what did I request to be done in settlement of the matter? That request of mine is written on pages 5 and 6 of his book Asai Musa, and readers can read it to see that in reality my request was for a mubahla, or in other words, it was a sincere heartfelt prayer to the glorious God to settle the matter. The relevant part of this is reproduced below and is as follows. I seek a heavenly decision, or in other words, it is my desire that people may follow the right path after recognizing the person who in reality is the one who can benefit them and is in fact the Imam sent by God Almighty. And who is it that until now has acquired this knowledge as to who he is? That is known to God himself or to those who have been granted spiritual insight by God. Therefore, this arrangement has been made, namely that the Babu should publish all his revelations relating to my being false that he has received. Thus, if the revelations of Munshi Sahib are truly from God Almighty, then those revelations that he has received concerning me will manifest some miraculous sign of their authenticity, meaning that thereafter I shall without fail suffer some affliction and destruction. And thus the people who merit mercy will be saved from an extravagant impostor. That is to say, since Babu Lahibaksh considers me an impostor and says that I have lied in the name of God by claiming to be the promised Messiah, I shall perish. But if there is something to the contrary in the knowledge of God Almighty against this ill thought about me, it will become manifest. Meaning, in other words, that if in the knowledge of God Almighty I am indeed the promised Messiah, he will testify to it on my behalf. For my part, I hereby undertake neither to sue you in any court of law, God forbid, nor shall I mount any baseless attack on your honor and prestige. I shall seek the solution to this dispute from God alone. In other words, I shall desire that if I am not an impostor and the attack on me is false and unjustified, I be granted acquittal. As for Babu Sahib's falsehood, God may himself cause something to descend. To seek acquittal from God is the way of the prophets, as was done by Hazrat Yusuf, Joseph.